0: hello everybody and we're back talking baseball i'm gary mack and rich baxter over here how you doing gary i'm doing fine mr baxter how have you been not bad not bad uh,
1: shaping up here uh, all the way into september already a uh, good deal into it already
0: yeah certainly are and it's been a crazy year and uh uh, I guess we'll, we can start tonight's show with uh, a little bit of a sad note as uh, we lost two legends, really, two of the biggest stars of the game as uh, Tom Seaver and Lou Brock passed away since the last time we were together.
1: Yeah, Tom Seaver um, passing away first, of course. Uh, yeah, a lot of these players that we grow up on and, you know, went to the ballpark to watch uh, legends of the game, so to speak. Uh, now aging very, very, you know, rapidly. And uh, Tom Seaver, one of the greats of the game, used to be one of my favorite players in the game in the seventies. And uh, you just don't believe that these people are 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 human. They're Larger than life to people
0: like us That watched him it, It's funny that you, you mentioned That because uh, uh, You know I was talking to somebody about Tom Seaver you know I do A Mets show Mets Musings And uh, We were talking about the, the passing of Tom Seaver And, and it, it's true you always Thought Tom Seaver we, we Still remember as a 25 Year old uh, bulldog On a pitching mound with the the thick legs that got all, you know, he pushed off, uses power of his legs so much to help him pitch. And, uh, you know, he was an ex Marine. So you, you, you have this, uh, uh, this feeling of this strong man. And, and even some of the pictures that, uh, it was a picture his daughter took. No date on it, but it was the last picture she took of him. So I'm, I'm assuming it was in the last month or two. Uh, he still looked like a very, you know, uh, he put on, uh, he had put on some weight in retirement, but, uh, still looked like a very big, tough guy. And, and to, uh, fall to something, uh, as, uh, this Louis, or I, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, L E W Y, body dementia. And of course, COVID 19 really kind of, uh, That's what really did him in quickly. But, uh, he was 75, three time winner of the Cy Young Award and a 12 time All Star first ballot Hall of Famer. Had the highest percentage of Hall of Fame votes up until, uh, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and then, uh, the uh, pitcher for the Yankees, whose name, who shall remain nameless, uh, who went in. But, uh, Tom Siever gone. Lou Brock, too, another Hall of Famer. He fought through a number of medical conditions in recent years. He was a little bit older than Seaver. He was 81. Uh, he was the National League all-time leader in stolen bases, 938. He had three thousand two, uh, 3,023 hits. Another first ballot electee into the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. And, of course, uh, one of the things... Uh, he remembered in his career, besides the stolen bases, he actually started with the Cubs. I don't know if people remember him with the Cubs. I happen, I'm, I guess, I'm old enough to remember him with the Cubs, and uh, came to the Cardinals in a trade for Ernie Brolio, who had a terrific season the year before, and uh, people were not happy with that trade in St. Louis. They they thought they were getting, you know. Who's this 24 year old? How old? I think it was 23, 24. This punk kid that, uh, this lousy outfielder that, uh, you know, we gave up Brolio, who won 13 games or something the, the year before for us. But uh, it kind of worked out for the Cardinals, I'd say, wouldn't you, Rich, that trade? So uh, Yeah, yeah. Stayed with the Cardinals for the rest of <laughs> his career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and it was quite a career. So uh he passes on and, and like you said, Rich, um you know, the guys we watched are uh getting older now and we're gonna start seeing them leave the scene and um it means that we're getting older too, I guess so uh unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you
1: really think about your own
0: <laughs> Yeah, you do you start.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> in, in reference to these players, uh that we grew up seeing and, uh, back to Seaver for a minute. Uh, I know I watched your, uh, special on Mets musings on that, and you had talked about how the Mets didn't really honor Seaver when they had a chance to. And that's a shame. A lot of these teams and each team is individual in the way that they honor their older players and all, but, um, you know, it's a local thing. Like you know more about Seaver and how he, wasn't honored by the Mets more than I would, mm-hmm. a ton more, because I'm more focused towards the Phillies end of uh, news and things. But uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Like Seaver not really getting everything he could have gotten from the Mets uh, and enjoying it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the Wilpons really, uh, when they built City Field, uh, there was a lot of criticism when they opened it up in 2009, because it was it seemed to be very... Almost Dodger centric instead of, uh, uh, Mets centric. Uh, Fred Wilpon had grown up a Brooklyn Dodger fan, loved the Brooklyn Dodgers. And, and of course, when you go into City Field, there's a huge number 42 for Jackie Robinson. Um, uh, which I, you know, I could understand he was such a pivotal point in the game of baseball and, uh, it's a New York thing. I don't have a problem with that. People want to change it now to 41. But they didn't embrace right away the, the Mets history. And, and people say, well, what history do you have? Well, there's a lot of history with the Mets. You just got to delve into it. Even, even the 62 team with the lovable losers and the amazing Mets and then the 69 team, you know, there's enough there. There's enough history and, in two thousand and nine, Tom Seaver did close out Shea Stadium and open open City Field. But um, there, there was, you know, there was an. He was the greatest of of, of Met of all time, Ooh. bar none. I mean, you can go down the list. There's been some great players with the Mets, but nobody's top Tom Seaver. As I said, first time uh, ballot uh, Hall of Famer, three hundred twelve wins. Uh, three all uh cy young award 12 time all-stars he may have been one if not the greatest one of the greatest pitches of all time in baseball history and uh you know to not honor that constantly um was a shame and and in recent years has been a big push toward it and uh, last year they named the street tom Seaver way and and uh you know but by then he was he retired from public life couldn't attend uh this year or next season they are going to unveil a statue that they should have done 10 years ago uh of tom Seaver, and uh you know, they could have done it in 2012, 2013. I guess it was politics. Don't forget, we had the Madoff scandal, so the money was tight then. I guess they didn't want to do it. But, you know, all I had to do was saying, look, we'll give you the, the the area to put it in. Can we raise uh, private funds? And people would have bitched to complain, but people would have put in nickels, dimes, pennies, whatever. It would have taken dollars, hundreds of dollars to <laughs> yeah. get, get a statue built, and um, they didn't take that route. They could have went that way, uh, and yet they didn't do that either. So uh, there's, there's a lot of hard feelings with the Wilpons for not honoring more. You know, there, there are a lot of people, myself included, thinks that there should be uh, a few statues. There should be a statue to Joan Payson as well. The original owner of the Mets, who who loved baseball, brought the Mets back to uh, to uh, New York, uh, uh, a National League baseball team, after the Dodgers and the Giants both left, and was really instrumental in uh, in that. Uh, loved the game, loved the players, was was a terrific owner. Uh, was the owner for the 69 Mets, uh, and then she had some health issues. She was elderly and, and passed away in, I guess it was, uh, I can't remember the year. It was the early 70s, mid 70s, and her, her, her kids took over and they had no interest in running a ball club and ran it into the ground and then the Wilpons and, uh, Doubleday, uh, bought the Mets in 1980 and, and built the, uh, other, uh, um, a championship team, and then uh, uh, double day was forced out by the will Pons and and blah 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 but anyway uh, there, there was not not a lot of grasp yes, we have the Mets Hall of Fame and but there was not a lot of grasp of Met's history, and that's what it angered a lot of people and um, we like to see hopefully uh they're in negotiations to sell, hopefully the new owner. Uh, it's gotten better. It, it, it's uh, After the initial complaints, it was a lot of uh, uh, metrifying, if you will, of the stadium, and it, it really became more of a home uh, as time went on, and then after the World Series, that solidified it. But in the beginning, there wasn't a lot of uh, Mets history, and and as I say, there's so much history you can gleam out of the 69 World Series, you know, um, that uh, they should have honored it more. But the, in recent years, they have made an effort to try to uh, honor the alumni more, and hopefully they were supposed to retire uh, Jerry Kuzman's number this year. Uh, Panda kind of killed that. I guess they'll do it next year, but you know, you've got another 76 year old man, I mean, uh, who's had a heart attack and, and, uh, will he be able to travel next year? You know, it's, it's, these guys are getting old. You got to honor them and honor them quickly and, uh, yeah. uh, and move on from there. But, you know, that's, that's the way it is. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it, and it's more, you know, to, Honor the player, but it's also a marketing
0: tool. Definitely. Um,
1: you know, definitely. <laughs> you know, like you said on your podcast on, uh, you know, the passing mm-hmm. of, um, Tom Seaver for those that didn't get to see him. What a shame. But if you have honoring at the ballpark and you bring back certain things and, um, uh, you know, do certain nights on Tom Seaver, and I'm sure. Maybe they have done it. I don't know, but that's a chance to bring these player uh, people to honor these players. And, uh, it's a dual purpose. You're, you're honoring the player and you're also marketing. You're, you're bringing some fans into a, an era that they didn't get a chance to experience.
0: Well, you know, that's, that's another argument we have around here. Uh, they have, as I said, they have a Mets Hall of Fame. And they have a lot of the guys that we happy, you know, Ed Cranepool's in there, okay, you know, guys that weren't Cooperstown material, but we're, we're stars, in New York, you know, on the Mets and, and beloved players. You have it in, in Philadelphia. I don't know. It, you have a similar thing. I don't know if the, it's a circle of honor or something. Wall of fame. Yeah, wall of fame. It's the same principle. Um, they don't retire their number, but they get a plaque, and they're, and they're in this Mets Hall of Fame. And it's it's an honor, I think, you know. But there's no consistency to it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be yearly. It could be every other year. But the Mets did it like they did like, uh, you know, they put somebody in. And then it was like eight years before they put somebody else in. And it's kind of like it kind of kills if. I say try to do it every year. There's got to be, you know, there's enough players around that you could say, hey, you know, you can put in a guy. You know, baseball is a funny sport. There are, there are guys that become huge uh, icons, if you will, to a team and may not be. You know, it may not be on the on the big scale of things. You know, they're like folk heroes, you might say. You know? Like, guy I, I always think of was uh, Benny Ogbayani, right? <laughs> yeah. He was terrific here. He, you know, I mean, he was a 260, 270 hitter, but had some really big hits. Uh, he made a couple of dumb plays, too. I mean, you know, he, he threw a... Caught a fly. He was an outfield. He caught a fly ball. It was, uh, uh, I think it was the second out of the inning. He thought it was the third. He flipped it in the stands and he had to hop in the stand, get the ball. It, it, you know, it was one of those plays. But a guy like that, I, I think he should be in because the fans loved him. And and he did contribute to, uh, you know, that 2000 1999 team and everything. He was a part of that. And. You know, he played for another five, ten years or something like that. Uh, but you know that that's why you have a team Hall of Fame. I think you know you just don't honor the, the greatest of the. You, you know you, you you honor the guys that were great for your team that yeah. that may not not have gone on to a terrific career or had an average career overall, but they did something special with You, you know your team. And, uh, you know, I would like to see the Mets do something like that every other year or something. Instead of this, you know, eight years and then maybe six years they go and then somebody says, hey, we haven't had anybody in the Hall of Fame, you know. Um, they have to get more consistency. Like you said, that's a marketing thing. They had a whole thing, you know, when David Wright retired, David Wright Day, and the place was packed. And it was a game in September. I think they were out of the race by then. But people wanted to be there for David Wright's day, you know, David Wright Day. So, uh, you know, when you give out a little something or to commemorate it, that's what people want. Like you said, marketing. They don't always think that way. And hopefully, like I said, uh, we're going to have a new owner that's a, a hedge fund guy. And hopefully uh, he will, uh, um, you know bring in some uh better marketing guy. or at least lick you know they might have good marketing people i shouldn't discredit them that just maybe the owners don't listen to them all the time but uh we'll see i uh, i'll step off of my soapbox now and uh, uh allow you to talk <laughs> <laughs>
1: no problem that's uh that's what we do here we talk baseball and um Someone gave us a nice little compliment on our Facebook page uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a gentleman saying, yeah, these guys are polished. They know what they're talking about. And Gary's accent isn't too
0: bad for <laughs> for a New Yorker. So well, a little- uh, I'm a Queens kid. We do have that uh- That certain accent. He referenced
1: Steve Summers, the uh, New York baseball talk or you know sports talk icon. There, but thank you for the compliment and thanks for uh, tuning in to the show. Leave us a comment if you want, spur us on, give us a little uh, uh, fuel for the fire, so to speak, to talk more great baseball with you on the show here and gary uh we're, we're chugging along towards the playoffs almost i know i said that the last show but we're really close to it now
0: yeah and uh, eight teams gonna make it a little bit crazy in a way rich but uh you know this whole whole year has been crazy um uh, you know, and and kind of upside down. Look like, oh, at what happened. The Yankees are doing a uh, uh, hurting. They they've got guys injured, and uh, once again, Stanton is out. Aaron Judge is out, and uh, you know, these guys may be great ball players, but. <laughs> You have to be on a field to prove how great you are. So I kind of laugh when they say, oh, you know, they're great. Well, they may be great, but they can't stay healthy enough to pr- really prove it. So, um, but the, the Yankees are not doing well. They they'll, I guess they'll make the playoffs. I mean, who doesn't this year? Uh, yeah. Really. Um, but uh, your Phillies are hanging in there. They're doing okay. Uh Miami, unbelievably, is uh, hanging in there as well. Yeah. It's a wacky year. The Dodgers are the one that are going for it, and and, uh, they're the one that makes the most sense so far. Yeah, and as you said, the
1: eight teams on each league getting in, something that will probably carry over from here on in is what I'm reading. The owners uh, probably wanting to get a, a cash register ring on more playoffs uh, whereas baseball will now more resemble hockey and basketball where over half of the teams get in now the only problem i have with that is during the regular season it sort of not cheapens the regular season but if you know a majority of the teams are going to get into the playoffs then the regular season is it's like wasting your money now to go spend and, and see a baseball game whenever we can get back to the stadiums. If, if those <laughs> that choose to will. Um, but that's always the way I started drifting away from hockey and basketball years ago was, you know, everybody makes the playoffs, so to speak, in quotes.
0: Yeah. It, it, uh, Like you said, it does kind of take the luster off of the season in a way. Yeah. Where is the pennant race? And then it's like what other sports have been forced to do. They've been forced almost to find different ways to make the season more, uh, you know, acceptable or, or whatever. Um, uh, we, we're, going in that direction though. We are definitely going, we're going into the end of the American league and national league, you know, uh, like football and like base, uh, like you said, hockey and, and basketball where it's all just one big league mishmash, uh, with a Western conference and an Eastern conference. Uh, unfortunately that's the way it's heading, um. Baseball's on a on a on a power grab now. They want to take over. They want to run minor league baseball. They want to run everything. Even I, I read this and I, I had to read it twice because I wasn't sure. They even want to take over little league baseball. Um, I I don't know why. I mean, it's been running so great as a separate entity. Why do you want to bring it under the wing and ruin the whole thing? But yeah. this is. <laughs> <It's>, a, you, <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I like baseball. I'm
1: not necessarily a big fan of the MLB and the way they do things. I'm really not. Uh, especially lately in the past couple years since, uh, the new commission has got in, I am really shying away from Major League Baseball as a group. I love the game of baseball. I, I always have, but this current MLB, uh, set up so to speak the power grab the rule changes the this the that the force things down your throat i just i i don't buy it i don't go for it it's it's pushing me away from the game a little
0: well you know know, and and we've we've uh both been to minor league games and enjoyed them immensely and Look, this year they completely killed that, that whole minor league system and they're going to force them out and they want to, uh, shrink from a hundred and what was it? 140 teams, 160 teams to 120 teams. And they want to have more control. They, it's going to happen. It just, uh, the president of the minor, minor league baseball just retired. Um, there's a committee that, that, is, uh, you know, uh, they, they had one committee that didn't want to merge and they scrapped that and got another committee that's more leaning towards merging with Major League Baseball. I guess people didn't realize that minor league and major league were completely two separate entities. Um, and they had working agreements between the major league teams and the minor league teams. And a lot of the major league teams owned uh, their minor league teams. Uh, uh, for instance, the Mets owned the Brooklyn Cyclones and the St. Lucie Mets and uh, now the Syracuse Mets. But they had a couple of other teams in their uh, farm system that were owned independently that they had a working agreement with. Well, that working agreement violated this year. Uh, not violated. Ended this year. Not violated. <laughs> uh, ended this year, and uh, with the pandemic, I guess he gave them perfect excuse not to, or, or ended at the end of this year. I believe. I'm sorry. And uh, so uh, next year is going to be interesting to see what even happens in minor league ball. Teams are going to be contracted teams, or they're going to they're not going to have contracts. They'll some teams will be uh going trying to go into independent leagues to keep their uh uh you know their status uh I, I give you nine. the whole New York Penn League which was one of the oldest minor league uh you know uh um leagues uh is gone it, it's they're going to obliterate the whole thing now some of the teams the rumors are the Brooklyn Cyclones, which are very successful, will stay, uh, hopefully as the, uh, double A team of the, of the New York Mets. We'll see. It's, it's owned by the Mets. So that's, that's going to be an interesting thing to see. Um, the Hudson Valley Renegades, which is upstate, very successful team up there. They love that team. They're looking for, they were supposed to go to a, uh, an A league, I believe, of, uh, some team. They're owned. I don't know if they're owned, but they're affiliated with the Tampa Bay, uh, Rays. They're not owned. Um, but now they're, they're kind of their future. They don't know what's going to happen with them. So, yeah. Uh, this is going to be something else that's going to be figured out in the winter because they need to have that minor leagues in place to play next year. Um, but, uh, you know, with this pandemic, it's, it's, it, it screwed everything up. And, uh, we would have had at least one more year of, uh, these, the minor leagues and, and it went when they canceled the seasons and then went to this alternate site plan thingy. And uh, it's just really a mess. And I, you know, uh, I was telling you before. I, I, uh, I was talking to Skip Lockwood, the former uh, Boston Red Sox and New York Met and Milwaukee Brewer. And uh, uh, interesting thing about Skip is he was also a member of the one and only year of the Seattle Pilots uh, in 1969. But he says he doesn't even watch a game he, he doesn't he's just not interested it's not getting his attention this year and and no. you know i have to agree i haven't watched the game in a week I, I glance in i check the box scores uh i i really think the lack of a crowd uh kind of takes away from the game yeah i myself haven't really tuned in
1: to full games i've i've dabbled in 15 20 minutes worth here and there right but not devoting my time like i do on a normal season mm-hmm. that might be a good thing so i
0: it is but you know uh, uh one of the things we said we, we were going to talk about it as we well get to that that their ratings are going down the toilet the uh, and a lot of it has to do with the political aspect of uh, what they pulled this year by embracing the Black Lives Matter group and um, you know allowing the players to express themselves. You know, here's my thought. If I I'll get back on my soapbox here for a second, but uh, we'll put it up. We'll push it up again for you. <laughs> <laughs> well. yeah. Look, I know these players One of, uh, you know Are concerned and there's a lot of issues Going on, but politics and sports Do not belong Together Um, You know, people turned, You turn on the NBA And you get that Black Lives Matter thing You know, on the courts Nobody wants to watch that, I'm sorry Nobody wants to get pushed uh, And then you turn on another station And, and they're burning down Portland Or Seattle People don't want to see that. They don't want to associate the two. You want to go protest? You do it on your time. You can go do all the protest you want. You can opt out of the season and spend the whole season uh, protesting. But when you bring it on the field like that, it's not right. It's not, and you know, not only does it tick off the fans, it ticks off. I would. There might be players on the team that that feel caught. You know, look what happened with uh, um, uh, Drew. Uh, what's his name with the with the Saints? Um, yeah, Drew Brees. It, yeah. Drew Brees. Right. How he capitulated in and gave up his his. Th- well, I reevaluate. No, you didn't reevaluate. You got pressured by everybody on your team. And, and that's really disgraceful because he caved, he gave in. Um, I, I had recorded an episode of Mets Musings and then, uh, Tom Siever, uh, passed away. So I, I scrapped that episode, but I said in the beginning that what happens if, if somebody, you know, they're letting with these Black Lives Matter t-shirts. What happens if somebody showed up with a pro-choice T-shirt or a pro-life T-shirt in the clubhouse, or or a you know a a Trump Pence or a Biden Harris T-shirt in in the clubhouse, and and people didn't like that? Well, uh, but why? You know, you've you've opened the game up to that in the clubhouse and that can bring a lot of discontent um especially nowadays
1: <laughs> similar, you know similar to what we're seeing
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean we, we're talking inside a clubhouse and that's why it should not be in the workplace it should not be in, when i was working they told us in the last election please no political uh stuff uh, no obama pins or no uh who did he run against the last election? Uh, Romney was it, or uh, McCain, whatever whoever it was. Uh, oh no! Well, the last election when I was still working was uh, uh, Trump and Hillary. though none, you know, because we don't want yeah. no arguments on on in the workplace. Well, you know, baseball caves to that. The NBA caves to that. The NFL caves to that. We'll see what it does to their ratings. I'm telling you, the, the first team that, that kneels down in the NFL, I think their ratings are going to go right down the toilet. People don't want to see that. People respect the flag and, and the veterans. And uh, it turned me off when when uh, Dominic Smith and the Mets did that one day, knelt. the next day they all went out and then walked off the field as a protest. That turned me off. Haven't watched a full game since then. I'm just so, was so angry at them for that, for bringing that into my, into my entertainment that I pay for. Um, that's, you do that on your time. How would you like it if you walked into a a dry cleaner and he turned your back or he took a knee or something, you know? Um, uh maybe it's a yeah. way to you know that they catch criminals if they play uh, uh the national anthem instead of a siren maybe they all stop and take a knee and you can arrest them easier i don't know it 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 doesn't belong in the sport
1: and it shouldn't be um an axe to grind by sports players um on a national stage or a semi national stage local which is most of these teams you know uh they're not garnering a national audience most of the time right but baseball has been very good at this over the years they've certain now i said that on twitter once <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and then people were reminding me no they they go ahead and promote their own causes all the time but to me it wasn't one that i considered um, something that they shouldn't do, so to speak. So, yes, they do go out on a limb. Um, and they've been going out on a limb more and more recently, in my opinion, on things that they shouldn't do. Let's just say that. Um, politics, religion, they're not going to espouse religion. Why would they go out and espouse politics? I know they're trying to, quote, unquote, do the right thing, sound like they're doing the right thing. And appealing to people. That's what they want to do. But you've got, you know, 10 other people on the other side that are saying, no, but this is going on. And why are you allowing that and, and promoting that?
0: Right. So,
1: uh, it's a double edged sword and it's something that the MLB stayed out of when football did it. Uh, they stayed out of it and it was great. It was a breath of fresh air in the, in the country for anybody, not just people that didn't agree with kneeling towards the flag salute, uh, a national anthem. It was just a breath of fresh air that MLB chose to not get involved. And now they've gone full in, jumped into the water, so to speak, um, and and just made a mockery of the way they used to uh stay neutral certain situations where they should. So and it's not taking a side, it's you're a sports franchise, you're a sports league. You're not in the business of politics. If you were, uh <laughs> God help you. And like you just brought up, the ratings went down. If there was fans at the stadium, I guarantee you that would go down hugely and it's not over. There's going to be a next season when they open these ticket booths, when uh, viewing is going to matter. And you're going to see a big backlash from people um, for and against, but mainly ones that don't want to be uh, exposed to the views of an organization like the MLB. They came to watch baseball.
0: Well, I, I, I said uh, uh, that they would have never, when the Mets walked off, went on the field and then walked off with the dolphin uh, the Dolphins, the Marlins, that gay, they would have never did that if there was people paying t- t- for tickets. If they had a full house or a half a house or any house, if, if it wasn't cardboard cutouts, if there was people in the stands for that game they never would have walked out because the, the backlash would have been... First of all, they would have been... You, you might have had fights in the stands because you would have had half the crowd booing at the fact they were walking off, and you would have had half the crowd cheering that they were walking off, and uh, you would have caused so much discontent. And just go on the, the, the media. Go on social media and see... And you see how people are, you know, one side or the other. And that's why it doesn't belong. This was supposed sport what is the unifying? It is the, um, it is the escape. And, yeah, I know, okay, well, they want to be, you know, socially uh justice warriors and have their feelings felt. They're human beings. Do it off in your off time. Not in when when you go into that stadium, you represent a team. You put on a uniform, you represent a team. Um, do it on your own time. I have no problems with that at all, you know. And uh, but don't do it on company time. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's and and the company shouldn't, you know. It, it's like these guys want to get. They want to be. These leagues want to be politically correct and. Um, but people don't want to see that and they're paying for it and, you know they're going to give you this self-righteous speech about well we, you know we can't help it if people don't want to agree with us on this but you know when the big money's not there for these players either you know the NBA they were going to walk out they were going to walk out remember this a couple of weeks ago or last week or something they weren't going to come back. They walked out. And then, uh, well, we negotiated. Yeah, you know what the negotiation was? They found out they weren't going to get paid for the rest of the season if they didn't come back. So they came back mighty quick when the when the, the dollar signs were put up there. So, look, um, again, I, I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on. I don't care if you want to protest. But I don't think it should be done um On the field, you know, and football's gonna be, this is gonna be another one. Um, the big, the big thing now that people are complaining about is they're gonna put, supposedly, they're gonna put the name of Jacob Blake, uh, on their helmets, but they wouldn't, in, uh, the Dallas Cowboys a couple years ago wanted to put the names of the five police officers that were killed, ambushed in the line of duty. And the NFL said no, but they're going to allow them to put the Jacob Blake theme on there. That's going to cause some controversy, too. People are not going to be happy with it. And I it's, think if you see their, their ratings go, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a shame. Um, no matter um, how you think. It should be handled, but uh, certainly not that. Well, you know, appreciate- Rich,
0: one more point. hmm With this pandemic, <clears throat> people have learned. A lot of people have learned other things to do, <clears throat> and they realize they don't need sports 24-7. They don't need movies 24-7. They don't need certain things 24 7 anymore. And, you know, that kind of stuff is going to hurt them. They don't realize it, but we're going to have to see a big revamping, I think, in professional sports because I think the big days of, you know, contracts may be going at least as far as TV and that kind of thing. But we'll see what happens.
1: Yep, we appreciate you listening to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show podcast. You can go over to anchor.fm forward slash Baseball Talk Radio Show. That's the home of this podcast. And you can subscribe to the show, listen to all our back shows, even support the show. There's a support tab on that main page over at anchor.fm forward slash Baseball Talk Radio Show. You can click that support Button there as I'm doing right as I'm doing the show here, and then you're going to pop up to another page that'll say, "What would you like to contribute? And 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 a month." You can safely and securely put your card number in, debit card, or credit card, and support the show. So we appreciate any uh, supporters that would like to support our show and that manner and it's safely uh, processed by anchor payment. So rest assured, uh, it'll be all put back towards the show. So check out that over anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show. All one word. And you'll see the home, of the baseball talk radio show. We're on Apple podcast, breaker, uh, Google podcast, overcast, pocket Casts, uh, radio Rep- public and of course spotify so go to your favorite podcast aggregator and click subscribe on our show you won't miss a, a thing coming out of our our mouth
0: and we're on youtube as well if you'd like to see the video version of uh, the baseball talk radio so, so we're all over the place rich i like yes, melted indeed. butter smeared yes. all over the place <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Just like
1: a, uh, a newspaper, we're well-read. We're all over the place. Um, wanted to give a shout out on this site. Uh, he left us a message on our Facebook page as well, many moons ago. I think I don't think we mentioned this. Uh, um, anyway, we're going to mention it now. It's called Baseball in the Nineteen Sixties and that's baseball in the spelled out. And then 1960s.com. It's a great uh, blog about baseball in the 1960s because uh, it's been a number of years since this gentleman, his name is Bob Brill, has covered uh, baseball as it used to be back in the 60s. So if you want to experience the way the game looked and felt back in the 1960s, go on over to that website and check it out. And if you can't find it for whatever reason, go to our Facebook page or our YouTube page, as Gary just mentioned, and we'll send you a link to this great site. It's got some nice baseball cards posted on it, some uh, trivia that he does. He even gives out uh, Starbucks gift cards occasionally. So uh, great, great site there, baseballinthen1960s.com.
0: I used to love the baseball cards in the fifties and the sixties. And, you know, uh, I don't know what year they started with the, the more, uh, more of the action shots, you know, from games and stuff, but the old poses and stuff, they were the best, you know, the guy stands the bat and, um, with the phony fielding position. It was obvious they weren't even on the field. They were on, uh, uh, in front of the dugout or something. And and if you notice, a lot of those in the 60s and the 50s were all taken at uh, either, you can tell, a lot of them were taken at Yankee Stadium for the American League teams. And uh, a lot of them were taken at either Shea Stadium or the Polar Grounds early on um, for the National League teams. And I believe it was because... Uh, uh, I'm no expert, but I think Topps was uh, really located in New York. It was a Brooklyn company, I believe. And so they would get the pictures of the guys when they all came into town. So that's why you, you would see a lot of the old, the old, uh, American League players if they took like a headshot or something like that. You'd see the, the facade of the old Yankee Stadium in the background. So a lot of them were taken there, I think. You know, so uh, just a little bit of trivia. I could be wrong, but uh, that's what I remember as a kid saying, uh, uh But I used to love the old poses where, the, you know, the catches would stand in and they'd, sit there, they'd be in a crotch and they'd have the glove up like that. And <clears throat> if you really go back to the old pictures, the right hand was up. That was mm-hmm. to try to keep it from getting a foul tip, but then eventually it went into the the fist behind your back at more you would see when um you know the gloves became more pliable. In the fifties you needed two hands to catch the ball because the gloves were just like a round um Almost like a, a saucer, you know, with a, with a pocket in the middle. And, and you really, it was tough to catch it with two hands. I had one of those gloves. I mean, you had to use two hands. That's how I learned how to had, how you know, when my father taught me how to be a catcher. He uh, had his old catcher's glove and it was like a, a freaking, I, I don't know what you call it. It was like a plate with a pocket in it. You had to use two hands and then, you it's know, yeah. They they came out with the hinged model more in the seventies, I guess, the early late sixties, early seventies, and then you could then you could do more of a one handed thing and and try to protect your right hand. But uh, I have you can see my pinky is I can't straighten that out. That's bent. Or our audio viewers, yes, yeah, <laughs> <Slight>. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Go to the video, check it out. My pinky is bent, um, from foul tips, and you know, because I'm an old guy, so <laughs> uh, old school. <laughs> and Rich, in, in today is a special day for uh, Puerto Rican baseball players, the, the uh, Puerto Rican MLB players will be allowed to wear Roberto Clemente's number 21 during the commemoration of the 19th annual Roberto Clemente Day. That's today. Um, and uh, this is uh, from a story that came from ESPN. All Major League Baseball players will also be given the option to wear a patch with the number 21 to commemorate the legacy of the late Pittsburgh Pirates star. So if you see a lot of 21s today... You'll know what, what it is why uh, they're wearing it. They're wearing it in honor of Roberto Clemente. Very cool. And I I think
1: they should have allowed anybody to wear it to honor yeah. Roberto Clemente
0: myself, but uh Yeah, everybody you know. wears 42. I mean, give them a choice. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess they wanted to do something for just the Puerto Rican players. Uh I don't know. I, you know, or Manfred's missing a boat once again. Very interesting.
1: Uh, around the news, Joe West ejected Nats GM Mike Rizzo from a luxury suite in Atlanta, uh, yesterday, I believe. And we haven't heard too much of this, but uh, apparently GM Mike Rizzo for the Washington Nationals, who was just extended for several years, was standing up, yelling down at the umpires in an empty stadium, and, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable.
0: Well, another victim of COVID, you know, the pandemic. The stadiums are empty. They can hear everything. So I guess, you know, you, you have to keep those windows closed and have those uh, conversations. Otherwise, um, there's a first
1: <laughs> yeah, and he was supposedly yelling down at the umps, so not too much noise in the stadium these days. Mike Trout making some noise. He hit his 300th homer as a Los Angeles Angel of Anaheim, whatever they call themselves today. I uh, <laughs> passed Tim Salmon of the Angels, who previously held the record. Now he's got it. And I'm wondering, I'm still wondering when I read this, I was thinking to myself, is he still, is he going to be the forgotten player, the great player that never makes the playoffs so that we remember different people growing up being?
0: It could be like uh, Ernie Banks never played in a World Series game. Uh, yeah, it could very well be. I, I would think that somewhere along the line, he may get traded though. Uh, yeah. We're missing the great, you know,
1: Trout postseason hasn't made the postseason. So uh what a shame, you know, it's a shame that the Angels can't get it together. And again, they can't this year.
0: Well, it's just too bad that he's not. Do you imagine how big a star if he played on the East Coast he would be? He would be even bigger, I think. Uh, than he is probably the best all-around ball player in the game today. I mean, uh, no offense to Bryce Harper, but I think Trout's a much better ball player all around, uh, better IQ. Uh, baseball IQ, I think, got a better arm, uh, got He's a got better got more of a temper. it
1: <laughs> <laughs> has got more of a Pete Rose in him. Yeah, so to speak. yeah, you know, yeah. Hard going, hard nosed hustle.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. i I mean and Harper's having a great year this year if I last time I looked, so uh you know, nothing against him, but uh he's a bit of a hot head and uh, it kinda hurts him and his team sometimes where where uh, trout is very level headed. You know, there's, uh, we're starting to hear the rumors, I don't know if it's if it's just rumor or what but uh you know the Mets might make a uh, play for Trout I don't know if he's going to be available uh I don't know what it's going to take to get a Mike Trout probably a DeGrom or something like that but uh you know we'll see what happens in the offseason yep and um bubbles for the playoffs are
1: Uh, playoffs coming within 20 days from today as we're doing the podcast, September 9th, 2020. Uh, still no official announcement from the MLB. What are they going to wait for the day before to tell the players? Oh, by the way, you're playing in
0: a bubble A or bubble B. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the way they should have been doing it all along. Uh, I think they want, and they want a neutral site for the World Series. And I think, uh, they want to bring uh, bring it to Texas to the new stadium in Arlington, um, which, by the way, has, has gotten some of the worst reviews I ever heard for a new stadium. It's kind of a shame in a way, but they say it's, it it has no uh, uh, soul. It's got no feeling to it. It's got you know, it's like concrete, and that's about it. Uh, haven't seen anything on it yet. Uh but uh you know, I haven't watched any games from there or anything like that, but uh that's what I've read some reports. It's not that great. But it looks like they wanna play the the World Series there and it does make sense. It's a dome stadium. It's you know, Texas weather is usually fair uh at that time of year, I guess. And um where else are they talking? A bubble. They're talking about Florida and Arizona again, I believe. Right? Yeah. Uh, mainly because of the uh, the dome stadiums. They, I guess, they figure they can get the games in more, and uh, and they have the uh, the minor league games. But I don't know. I you know, uh, would would the potential. For You know, you always got to wonder. I mean, right now there, you almost might be getting a herd mentality. What happens if you bring all of these guys together at one shot? Could they, if somebody's got the the COVID-19, it could spread among the whole playoff teams then. I I don't know. They should have done it in the beginning. Maybe that would have been the way to go.
1: Yeah, there's too many unanswered questions at this point.
0: But uh,
1: baseball closing in about 15 days, closing the season off the 27th of September. Playoffs, uh, I believe, begin on the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. Or I might have it backwards, 25th, the end of the season, and the playoffs start on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure. I don't have it right in front of me at the moment. But one thing's for sure, it's coming up soon. Um, about 14, 15 days from the time we're doing this podcast. Right. Yeah. And um, no firm announcements on on what's going to happen with the playoffs. So MLB dropping the ball on this one, I have to tell you, uh, without making these announcements known. Apparently, there's some back and forth going on with this. So as soon as we find out, of course, we'll talk about it. And uh, drop us a line if you want to. Get to us, um, our best way is either email, and that's rich at baseballtalkradio.com or gary at baseballtalkradio.com. Go over to our Facebook page. Just uh, search Facebook for the Baseball Talk Radio Show. You can find us there. Leave a comment if you like, or over at Twitter. You can also leave us a comment there. So I'd uh, love to hear from you. And Gary this is another fast show. Just no uh, accent jokes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I brought the Shure SM58 mic out on this one. I'm wondering if anybody out there can tell me if it sounds better than the, the one I normally use for the show. I appreciate that feedback as well.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Well, Rich, another one in the books. So, uh,. I guess we'll just sign off and say uh, it it just doesn't feel like a a pennant run, does it, the pennant stretch. But nothing's felt that way this year, so why should we expect it to be any different? Yep, you take
1: care as well, Gary. Remember, stay safe, wear your mask, wash those hands, and as you always say on your Mets Musings podcast, stay optimistic.
0: (laughs) And we'll see you next time.